A very good afternoon or very good morning or a very good evening um, and a warm welcome to the Women in the CEO community. My name is Gwen Wilcox. I am the CEO of Armstrong Wolf. If you are new to Armstrong Wolf, we are a global COO advisory firm. We essentially serve the CEO community with forums and content 100% targeted to support the regional and global chief operating officers and of course their business partners. So to the audience who is joining us from many countries and regions today, thank you for joining us in the midst of your busy day to spend the next 60 minutes on listening to a fantastic industry speaker on why being menopause supportive is business savvy. This topic is so important because as women, we all go through emotional and physical changes throughout our lives and likely we all manage people as well. This forum looks to enhance your people management skills, increase your ability to support yourself, your team and peers and ensure that um, the well-being and productivity of staff is upheld. I am therefore delighted to welcome Lauren, Lauren Turin today. Lauren is CEO of Women of Certain Stage and an experienced executive health coach. Hello, Lauren. Hi, great to be here and have the opportunity to share some top tips and information on why being menopause savvy is business supportive. Thank you. A bit of housekeeping, though. Um, this forum allows you to ask questions in the chat at any point. This is recorded for now, but it will the recording will stop uh, once you start asking questions as well. Um, Lauren would have received a few questions from you anyway directly, uh, so we'll be sure to address that. Um, but feel free to use the chat; it's very important. Also, so we're going to mute you all for for now to avoid background noise. But let's get started, Lauren. It's my pleasure to give you the stage. Thank you so much. So let's see if I can do this successfully. Uh, this is when the thing goes wrong, right? So we're going to share a screen. And if I can just get a couple of thumbs up in the... Yeah, that's great. Okay. Take it away. I sat bolt upright in the bed next to my little boy. I started shaking and crying. I also wrote my resignation letter to work. I thought I had early onset dementia. I had no idea what I was going to do about bringing up my son. I figured I was going to have to find someone to bring him up for me. And I phoned my doctor. And he says, to be sure, Lauren, you've just been through the menopause. Menopause. I was the happiest menopausal woman on the planet. Because I didn't have early onset dementia. Go me, right? I knew in that moment that I was on a mission to save any other woman in this planet from going through what I went through for 18 months. There's a spike in women entering disciplinary action at work between ages 45 to 55. There's also a spike in women having suicide attempts or suicide at age 51, which is the average age of menopause. I wanted to make sure every single woman that I came across, I could reach, that I could get in touch with, knew how to recognise signs and symptoms of peri and menopause, and knew where to get the right help and support so she could make good decisions. If we don't look after the women as they're getting into their 40s and 50s and beyond, then we're going to be losing a lot of valuable skills, knowledge and experience from the workplace. Women are holding roles now that they never did historically and family dynamics have changed. More women are working and more people in the position like myself who have got child or children. 
elderly parents who they're looking after, um, plus they're trying to hold down a full-time job and you know, potentially a senior job as well. Um, so we're adding that, those layers of stress in and you've got hormonal imbalances going on as well and for an indefinite period of time. It's really important that we change the kind of patriarchal society that we work in, which is supposed to work at nine and survive, and it's very much set up for the traditional dynamics. And we need to move the workplace so that we can have women absolutely thrive, no matter what they're going through, what what stage of life that they're at. I want to educate businesses. I want to make sure that they become menopause savvy and menopause supportive, so they protect their female talent. Hi, my name is Lauren Turin and I run an organisation called Women of Assert. So I've just realised that you guys could not see the video. We did see it okay in uh, dress rehearsal. Can you see my, can someone let me know if we can see the slides okay? Yes, we can yes. see the slide, Lauren, but yes, we can see the video. Okay, so let's just crack on then. Um, long story short, I left my job my early 40s thinking of early onset, uh, early onset dementia and unbeknownst to me I had literally just been going through what was quite an early menopause. I had my son at 37 and went immediately into menopause but I didn't know because I was on the contraceptive pill that meant I didn't have monthly cycle. As a senior leader leading global transformation and change from financial services firms and absolutely thriving in all the different types of projects and challenges that I worked on. I typically worked in regulatory and compliance so it was all quite complex information that I was dealing with. And I love being able to break that down into bite-sized chunks and having my teams deliver and get the comms across the businesses. So when I found myself not able to get the word plan out of my mouth in a board meeting of 17 men plus me, or I found myself holding the arms of a chair, staring at the clock in front of me, waiting for the 45 minutes of the meeting to be finished, and then use my hands to go along the wall to get back to my desk, or the day where I nearly passed out because I was so lightheaded and I could barely see straight. Or maybe the day that I came home from work, put my briefcase down and said hi to my nanny and my son. And apparently five minutes later, I picked my briefcase up to walk out the door again. And my, man, my nanny turned around and said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to work. She goes, we've just come back from work. It was the most weird period of time in my life whatsoever. And that's why. I am so passionate about making sure that as we get into our late 30s, 40s, 50s, and for many other reasons slightly earlier too, we understand what menopause is and we know where to get the right help and support. Because asking for help is a sign of strength, and yet so few of us do it. So today, I just wanted to kind of highlight some of the things that women will say to me or have said to me in surveys that I've done. Everything today is all about what's coming back through financial services. The impact it's had on emotional and intellectual well-being, confidence and energy rocked, thinking that people have lost their edge. I wish I'd been more aware of the mental and emotional symptoms, said one of my CEOs that I spoke to. And I'm asked this all the time, how do I start a conversation about menopause in the workplace? Especially when that workplace is particularly dismissive of women. So today Gwen and I talked about what we'd cover and actually there's quite a fact agenda. I'm going to talk for about 30 minutes or so and then hopefully have a really great conversation with you. So we're going to just work through some of the key facts and information and some of the background to support that for your organisation. We'll look at what can actually be done in the workplace. So a lot of today is about menopause and work, 
also the other side of that and that's about supporting women and knowing what you can do to help yourself and others how to recognize the signs and symptoms and make sure you've got really good sign ghosting i've touched on that really lightly at the end but don't ever hesitate to get in touch with me so i can go into that with you in a bit more detail so when i've run courses for women or done training in organizations these are the types of things that people will come back with now these are particularly from women only groups that i've run and uh, programs that people have attended. And it's not about getting the old version of you back, but it's about creating the new version. Because as we step into and through menopause, we're stepping into our years of wisdom, where we've got so many skills, knowledge, and experience to give back to society, whether that's through work or local communities or family or wherever. So it's really important that we do recognize that and we see that as a positive and not just something that is putting us in the corner and stopping us from being completely productive and having joy and fun in our lives. So menopause tends to happen age 45 to 55. However, like me, many women will start to go through and actually become menopausal earlier than that. So the average age of menopause is 51. Now, if you think about it, if you run your stats, which we'll touch on closer to the end, in your organisation, if you look at the number of women exiting the organisation between 45 and 55, vis-a-vis across the board, I'd be interested to find out if you find the spike. Now, I'm not sure what organisations you're here from, but I know roughly who had signed up, and I do work with a number of your firms at the moment, just to look at what the impact of menopause unsupported in the workplace is, and every single firm is seeing a spike in women leaving. So just as we're getting into our most senior roles, this thing called menopause comes along and seems to knock us off our track. So it is so important that we learn about it. 96% of women neither know what menopause really is, nor how it's going to impact them. So how can we get the right help and support from the people around us if we don't even know what it is? So let's just say, what is menopause? Well, menopause is actually when you've had your last period. But because you don't know it's your last period, what we say largely is that once you've gone 12 months since you've had a monthly cycle, that's the moment in time when you clash yourself as menopausal. There's no rocket science around it. That is just literally 12 months from your last monthly cycle. So you have this period called perimenopause, which leads up to menopause. And that's often where periods become lighter or heavier. They might become longer in between them or shorter. And you might start to notice symptoms like itchy skin, sore joints, anxiety, sleeplessness, hot flushes, the one most of us know about, a little bit of brain fog, maybe recall and retention issues. As you come up through perimenopause, you then hit your menopausal moment because that is literally all it is. It's that moment in time, 12 months since your last sleep, and then thereafter your postmenopausal. Symptoms tend to start in peri and go through menopause and then tail off through postmenopause. Symptoms overall may last anywhere between 2 and 15 years, depending on what research you read, your genetics, um, your personal history, your lifestyle. Many, many, many factors make up how long your symptoms will last. But there is no absolute way of saying that it's going to start and stop at any given time. 20% of women are likely to go all the way through menopause without any symptoms whatsoever. Now, the great news is that all these symptoms are manageable, they are copable with, and they are with the right help and support and the right knowledge and being able to implement these things, you can mitigate your symptoms. The problem is that we don't have access to the right information. We don't know how to apply the information that Dr. Google will throw back at us and we very often will go and see our doctors who are not educated yet on menopause. 
So it is important to take this into your own hands for yourself, for the people around you, and to make sure that across your teams that we can put mechanisms in place, systems and support in place so that people can learn what menopause is about and get access to the right help and support. So at this point, I would normally invite you to pop into the chat box um, how many symptoms, um, but seeing as I've just put that up on the screen, I'm going to ask you, can you just pop in the chat box just so that I could feel for how much information um, and knowledge you guys have got at the moment so I can tailor it a little bit more. We've got a really nice group here so I can do that. So what symptoms are you familiar of? Uh, what symptoms have you maybe think that are related to menopause? I have mentioned a few. So if you could pop in the chat box for me and just let me know what sort of symptoms um, you're aware of, that would be really helpful for me. We've got hot flushes, memory, fuzzy night flashes, um, anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Sleepless nights, poor sleep, insomnia. Sleep's a big issue in menopause and there's lots of different things. Licking skin and eyes, focus. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely spot on. So all of these things and headaches, migraines, hormonal migraines, especially if you have um, monthly cycle um, headaches or migraines, then it can quite often exacerbate during menopause and that's one of the trickier symptoms to deal with irritability loss of confidence yeah absolutely and you'll see you'll see more of that as we go through in terms of some of the things that women say when when i'm doing surveys so what i love to do is when i start working with an organization is we'll do a survey to start off with wrinkles yes panic attacks bloating yes hair loss i suffered with all of them when i sat down and worked out i reckon i had 32 34 symptoms over about 18 months Yep, absolutely. Anger, uncontrollable emotional responses, thoughts, rosacea, depression. Yep. Every single one of these things is something that is really common to menopause. And every single one of them is something that I tackle in my 90 day um, Get Your Spark Back program. So it, there, there are things that we can do to mitigate them. And there, I'll come in, I'll touch on some of that because there's quite a lot of stuff coming up there. So typically women will say things like, hot flushes, mood swings, brain fog, concentration. And one lady, well, not one lady, many women have said that this is one lady's comment. She said she was fired due to reduced ability to perform at top level, given the strong and highly frequent migraines that she had. Now, she was um, a fellow program director, and it was absolutely devastating to find out that we'd be losing her from the team. Um, what process should you put in place to manage menopause is really super important as well. So. What I'm going to just ask you to do is start thinking about the types of questions you would like to ask. We're going to have a good bit of time here today to have a bit of a chat and a conversation. And if you can ask a question I haven't been asked before, then I'll have a lovely, great big goodie bag for you. I'm more than happy to put in the post, um, no matter where you are in the world. But why are we talking about menopause now? I mean, let's face it, women have been on the planet for as long as. But if I take you back 150, 200 years ago, women went through menopause at 57 and died at 59. And they were also typically at home, keeping the home fires burning. Now, interestingly, we are now going through menopause age 45 to 55, which is roughly 37 years after, after our first period and 37 years before we're going to say goodbye to this planet. So we're only kind of at that midpoint in our life. We've still got a phenomenal amount of time ahead of us. And not only that, we are now out in the workplace. We are out in the world doing things that we've never done before. Sadly, for most of us, 
we are still looking after living at home. We are taking on work and more and more senior roles, but we're not relinquishing anything. So we are stressing our bodies out. And yet, because the majority of women I work with anyway are super successful, highly ambitious, what I tend to find is that we can cope and we cope and we cope and we cope until one day something happens. And menopause seems to be that one day. So it's so important that we recognise what it is and we start to look after ourselves. So having that kind of selfish and selfless self-care is so important. Recognising how to get yourself into a state of calm. So we are talking about menopause now because we are out in the workplace. But also, if you think about um, in the UK, certainly the Quality Act 2010 or Health and Safety Act, uh, Health and Safety 1974, in those cases, there is there are regulations that mean that as an employer, we have a responsibility to treat our staff in a specific way. And that under um, the Equality Act, if you think about the protected characteristics of disability or sex or age, then women have cover already to be treated in the right way and to be treated fairly when they transition through menopause. If you think about the fact that menopausal symptoms go on for anywhere between 2 and 15 years, the symptoms last over 12 months, which is usually the yardstick that you use to measure when disability can kick in under the Equality Act. Now, I'm not saying for one minute a woman going to menopause is disabled. I'm just saying that there is legislation in place that we can use to make sure that we have cover and support in the workplace. There have already been four successful tribunals employment tribunals citing uh, menopause in one of the protected characteristics or a combination of them in the UK and there are some big conversations going on in other countries. I work globally and in the States they are beginning to have this conversation in pockets around the country which is being seen as we look at the New York Times or Bloomberg today I've got an article out as well. Then we have to think about actually what's the cost to the bottom line? How is that actually going to impact? And this is the conversation I tend to have with senior leaders and board members, because at the end of the day, if we are serious about gender equality, if we're serious about the performance of our business, if we're serious about seeing quotas of women coming through, whatever approach we are taking, from a bottom line point of view, for every woman that we have invested in training, bringing on board, seeing through that organisation and having that succession plan in place for if she leaves the organisation because she hasn't been supported through menopause, it's going to cost somewhere between 150 and 212% to replace her. So it makes sense to make a small investment up front to become menopause aware and to have the right support mechanisms in place. Now, there are different firms take a different approach. One firm in particular has the same level of support for all their employees across the board globally. And most organisations will have appropriate appropriate support depending on the individual. So I run 21 days of less self-care, 90 days to get Sparkle back and Women in Leadership Mastermind, which is an annual programme. And each one is geared for different women with different challenges so that they are working with a cohort of women across the globe whilst they are navigating their way through menopause. So it's really important that you don't just do the training and leave it at that. You have to make sure you're signposting it right as well. So as I said, for every woman that walks out, there's a cost associated, and that's the dollar cost. But don't forget, you've also got the loss of skills, knowledge, experience. You've got the breakdown in team communications. There are so many other things and reasons why we need to make sure that we retain our female talent in the workplace. 
So let's just see if we can go back. There we go. So these, again, I just want to put up um, colleagues in financial services and the actual words that they have shared when they've been surveyed. I've been desperate for help and support. My brain isn't what it used to be. I felt I was going mad alone. You know, I wish, I wish, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what to do, where to go, how to get help and support. What I tend to find, again, with the women I work with in my coaching programs is that they don't want to ask for help and support internally because they don't want to be seen as weak and vulnerable. I know I didn't. I'm not even sure now if going back, if I would ask for help and support or whether I would just seek help and support outside of work. But certainly it is really common once women becomes, you know, once we start taking on more senior leadership roles, we don't want to do anything that is going to see us as being weak and vulnerable. And again, that is really culturally uh, variant across the world and it's a big individual um, choice as well. But it is not uncommon. So it is really important to ask for help and support. You know, if you had a child who was suffering or struggling, you wouldn't just leave them to suffer and struggle alone. You would go and see what it was that you could do to help support them. And that is absolutely what we should be doing for ourselves. So as a woman going through menopause, you need to learn how to speak to your doctor, how to educate your doctor, how to get the right results from going to your doctor and finding out what's available medically depending on your medical history. You need to understand what type of help and support is going to work for you. Is it going to be working with someone like me, who is a specialist in this space, who's got a team of a GP who specialises in menopause, a doctor who specialises in gynaecology, who's got pelvic floor specialists, because incontinence is another big issue that we don't talk about. The general dryness, general atrophy, stopping being able to be intimate with our partners. It's a massive impact during menopause, but also incredibly easily treated and managed. So one of the reasons I have a great team is because there are many, many different issues that happen during menopause. And therefore, you may need a variety of different solutions and they will change throughout the time of your transition from peri to post-menopause. Talking to your friends, having regular conversations at work. Most organisations now will set up a monthly menopause social, a menopause chat, so that women can come together, whether it's virtually or online, then come together because when you get women together and they talk and they share, a problem share is a problem halved. First of all, normalising menopause, understanding that what you're going through is normal and other people are going through it, takes away that sense of stigma. Secondly, when you get women together, they solve the world, right? Because we're so capable and so able and so used to doing life's juggling act that you get a bunch of menopausal women together and they will suddenly find solutions. They will find ways forward. They will share what's working for them. And that is better than any Dr. Google that I've ever come across. Talking to your colleagues, making sure that you've got workplace training in place so that you can shine the light on menopause. Now, more often than not, I'm working across the board not just on menopause, but actually on periods, fertility, pregnancy, infant loss, and then menopause, because it's the same hormones that are impacting all of that. And when you start to understand what those hormones' impacts are on a woman, then you can start to recognise the patterns and the shifts and the changes in behaviour, because there's a flow there throughout a woman's life. So the whole woman, the whole female life cycle is worth having a look at. 
because then you can start to see all your existing policies and procedures which actually already cover it or whether you need new policies. So rather than having a pop-up QRE policy, a pop-up fertility policy, a pop-up, you know, menopause policy, you can actually start to streamline this and make it a lot easier so that everything's in one place. But it depends on the culture and it depends how big of an issue things are. Sometimes you have to really shine a spotlight on a topic in order to get it into the headlights so that people start to normalise it. So it depends on culture. But over the kind of seven or eight years I've been doing this, I've noticed more of my clients are keen to do the whole uh, life cycle. Again, I mentioned going to the doctor. So if you've got occupational health or employee access programs, then make sure that these people are <laughs> educated in menopause. It might sound daft, but GPs and doctors in well, pretty much across the UK, across the US and in multiple other areas in the country, the world, sorry, are not routinely trained on menopause. There are gynecologists and obstetricians that are not trained on menopause. And as daft as that might sound, it's not been up until now a central function or some central component of their training. So often you need to learn about menopause, understand what your local um, guidelines are on menopause, take that with you to the doctor, keep a symptoms list of what you're going through and then ask for help and support. And often having a couple of appointments where you can build that conversation up and then go away, both of you do your research and then come to a solution about what it is that you should be doing, should be taking going forward can be really helpful. So this is a comment from a lady who I worked with um, last year, actually. Um, it was part of my 21 days to self-care. And it was, you know, this is unlocking in amazing ways. No, it wasn't. It was 90-day. Sorry, this is a 90-day program. Um, this is unlocking in amazing ways. Gone as a woman who stays quiet in a meeting. Gone as a woman who stumbled during presentations. Gone as a woman who finds no downtime for herself and family. People at work have noticed her confidence levels. And this lady, actually, she says she's winning at life and she feels good. She's actually, it's quite emotional. She actually got to the point where she had two bouts of psychosis. The very senior woman in financial services. She had two bouts of psychosis. She was hospitalised. She'd worked with psychiatrists. She'd worked with the hospitals. And eventually she came to me. Now, we happened to be ex-colleagues as well. Um, so she already knew me and clearly trusted me. She is now absolutely flourishing. And since she's done this, she's gone on to have um, two massive promotions and um, sorry I still get quite I get quite emotional when I see people just turning things around like this but she hasn't had another episode she's got herself completely in a place now where all her menopausal symptoms are in check she absolutely knows what to do to keep her balance and she's absolutely thriving in everything that she's doing now and also her and her partner were really struggling with a young daughter and she um said the relationships have been stronger as well. So that is really part one. So I want to know what your questions are going to be. So feel free to start thinking about those questions, pop them in the chat or just come off mute when you're done, when I'm done talking and we can take it from there. But what are the next steps in the business? So today, today has been very much about menopause and work, right? Um, there is a whole other conversation about menopause and yourself. And clearly that's what I do in, in the, the coaching programmes and when I get my team together and we, we support people through menopause. So first of all, you know, like with any project or program, I would say we analyze the stats, we analyze what we've got, we figure out where it is we want to go, and then we would tend to get some senior stakeholders and sponsorship 
on board and get some weight behind what we want to do going forward. Get someone like myself in to come and help me develop a strategy. I do half day sessions with firms that want to do this themselves. So we do a half day session just looking at all the key components and help you build the strategy that you want to deliver over the next year. And then you can decide who you want to help you deliver those sessions or how you want to create your policy. So I work with legal teams globally and I work with legal, uh, a global law firm and I work with um, individual firms in different parts of the world to make sure that the right policies, guidance and procedures are put in place. So do the policy review, decide what messaging is going to go out, looking to see whether, um, you know, looking to see what sort of support you want to place, put in place, look at your EAP, your occupational health and your other networks to see what is actually available and how is that being delivered. And then do some form of analysis to find out if it's actually working. So always making sure you're getting a return on investment, but looking at the efficacy of what you are introducing within two if they are beginning to struggle. So typically I do lots of lunch and learns to open the conversation because many, many people don't know where to start with this. But it's all about posture. If you feel confident to walk in somewhere and stand up and say, today I'm going to talk about why being mentally supportive is business side. It's far more engaging than you go up and go, um, I'm going to talk about, uh, um, I'm talking menopause today. There's something about the change in posture. There's something about just being confident and saying, you know, we support women in the workplace. It's really important to know that anyone born with a womb is going to have these, these, um, hormones running through their body. We're going to be talking about estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, what their impacts are so that we can start to understand the normalised menopause. And then when we start doing that level of training and raising awareness, we can start to have such, you know, smart conversations around how we support our colleagues, what it is we need to put in place, what sort of adjustments we need to, to consider. So is it flexibility? Is it looking at uniforms women are wearing, making sure the clothes and they can wick the sweat away? Is it having, if people are back in the office, is it having somewhere to store clothes? Because if you're suffering with lots of sweats, or you are suffering with incontinence or heavy bleeds, you need somewhere to go and freshen up and change clothes. A lot of organisations are refurbing at the moment, right? So there seems to be more cool, calm, collected areas where people go and sit and regain their composure. Those types of things are really important as well. But nothing beats that human-to-human interaction as a manager knowing your staff and knowing when to intervene. Having a person-to-person conversation before someone's performance is impacted, actually understanding what's going on and putting mechanisms in place so that performance can be maintained. It is all doable. It just takes a little bit of time, planning and investment up front. So I've got I mean I've got suites of information I can share with you, but just from here, you know, look at your stats, develop your plan, review all your policies, think about the entire employee journey. So think about from job design all the way through person and person spec, job description, how are you going to recruit, what types of things do you want to, um, you know, what do you actually want to put in place for people, how do you want to approach recruitment, how do you want to onboard, where are you mentioning menopause, how are you highlighting it in your policies, what do you do on your sickness absence process, for example. So I had clients telling me, many, many clients telling me, we can't possibly put a flag on the HR system to monitor menopause. And yet COVID came along, and guess what? COVID absences, flag on the system, got all the stats. It's entirely doable. It's where there's a will. So if your policies are 
you know, if your policies, if your procedures enable people to report and you have the training, you can start to get better understanding of how menopause is impacting the journey. And then exit. You know, are people exiting because they've suffered with migraines for too long and therefore it's impacting performance or they're struggling with menopause? If you've had the conversation, you can get better data. With better data, you can start to make investment in the right place. With the investment in the right place, you can increase your data and so on and so forth so that you can maintain women's journey through the organisation. We've talked about training, signposting. Obviously, once you've gone through your first cycle of you know, medical awareness training or women's hormones awareness training, review it, understand your ROI, know what investment has, has bought you, understand your data and then move forward. So book a call with me, get in touch. Um, easiest way to get in touch with me is obviously via womensetstage.com or LinkedIn is my preferred way. Keep in touch with me via LinkedIn to find out uh, what I'm doing, what I'm up to. I'll always post the latest research. I've got a couple of universities I'm working with in the States and the UK looking at menopause at workplace. So um, get in touch, send me an email. Um, send me an email. Um, I can send you through an A to Z of menopause if that would be useful for you. I've got plenty of other things that I can send. This is what I get when I've worked with someone. I've managed to remove the mental chains that were holding me back. I finally applied for that promotion and I got it. So the next 90 day to get your Spark Back program starts on 29th June. I've only got a couple of spots left, but if you know anyone that that might be beneficial for, give me a shout, let's chat and see whether it's useful.